Hello. Hello. And welcome to Bite Size Podcast. My name's Tally. I'm Adrian. And we are going to continue along the same line as generally you do in a series about a specific subject, and we're going to talk to you more about online scamming today. Yeah, it's what you do um, in a series when all of the episodes are kind of about the same thing. Almost like a theme (laughs) or a subject. (laughs) Yeah, like a season. (laughs) A whole season. Yeah, so we've kind of just been working our way up through the different variations of scamming and what that looks like and you know starting from paper scams and the history of it working on up to now so now we're a little bit we're even further into the technical realm of scams this week yeah and these things like last episode should have been familiar this shit will be super familiar as well yeah it'd be weird if it wasn't (laughs) Right. It wouldn't be so prevalent, for sure. Like, it definitely wouldn't be something that we would be doing, like, this much, like, coverage about. I just, I I hate that we live in a world where I just can't even... I got an email for seniors last night. <laughs> it was like, senior care, sign up now. And it's like, I'm just like, no, this is very obviously not something that I'm going to click on. Like, why would you do that? At this point, every <laughs> single time I get an email that I don't recognize, I just report as spam and nonsense. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite thing. Thank heavens, Google. Looking out for us in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how you been? What you, what's, what's new in the hood? How's the weather out there? Because I'm going to be there so soon. <laughs> um, it's pretty good. Tomorrow's supposed to be like 70 degrees. Oh, hell yeah. So, um, for the listeners, we're recording way in advance because we got our shit together. Yeah. Um, so we're at the tail end of March. Really? Yes. The 27th, in fact. Yeah. So I think when this comes out, it'll be very much in April. Yeah. 100% it'll be in April. That's okay, though. Or maybe May. I don't know. <laughs> I think this will, uh, this is number four. It might be in May, actually. Shit, we are time traveling. It's gonna be May. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I'm excited to be in some warm weather. I'm going down to San Francisco next weekend, like, to, like, kind of, like, say goodbye to the ocean for the season, and I've also only gone down there once this year, which is really tragic for me. Right, <laughs> right. usually go down there a lot, um, so I'm excited to see some warm weather because it's so fucking, I'm so done with snow. If I never <laughs> see another snowflake, it will be too soon. Yeah, when are you gonna be here? So I am going to be there on, I leave on the 6th for you, let me look at a calendar really quick. So I leave on the 6th for Utah, and then we leave Utah on the 8th. So I'll be there on the 8th and the 9th. Okay. And I texted Abby to see if maybe she would want to come with to get brunch on one of those days. Dope. If she's in town, so that would be fun. Hell, yeah. Lady date. Uh, yeah, so like two weeks, in two weeks' time. Literally. Dope! <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. I'll be fully vaccinated by then, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's gonna be, like, super nice to be able to do something. <laughs> yeah. Go out and yeah. enjoy life. <laughs> Especially the beautiful spring weather, hopefully. I'm so excited. I know, we could get another blizzard, so... Right, that could also happen. But fingers crossed that it's nice weather. Yeah. Yeah. So have you started packing or not? Um, so fun story. Um, so I have been living for the past two years in employee housing. Um, but I had, like, my own apartment, which was nice, um... And then this year, with the COVID thing and with everything that's been going on um, and just some, like, changes in, like, the housing system and some not great stuff happening, um, I'm kind of just, like, over it. So I 
for the last month have been living with my friend Steph, who is coming with me on the trip, like driving across with me. Um, and so I'm going to house my things here for the summer um, and like pay her like a storage fee. And then when I get back for next season, I have a room here, like reserved. So like oh, okay, I can okay. stay with Steph over the winter time and then possibly into the summer we'll see what next year looks like because honestly who knows <laughs> right it could change in any second um i thought you so, were planning on staying in maine permanently um that could also happen i don't like like i said i don't really know because i would like to i i came to the realization that california is not going to be sustainable for very much longer which sucks um, cause this is my home and the place that I've chosen to spend the majority of my adult life. Um, so I am venturing out to try and find other places. However, this is like a really good deal, like the room with Steph and I love her and we get along great and live well together, which is good. Right. Right. Um, so I could get to Maine and I could get swarmed with mosquitoes and absolutely hate it and everyone think I'm a weird Californian and resent me and be super mean, which I don't think that that's going to happen, obviously, <laughs> but it's like, right. you know, I could get out there assuming like all of these things and then actually like get there and then none of it goes as planned and it's all really terrible, kind of like how spending a summer in the Tetons was supposed to be a really cool, fun thing, and then it ended up being, like, the worst experience of my <laughs> life, probably. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of, like, up in the air. I know that I want to come back to Kirkwood next winter because, like, I have started to build a career here, um, and it's just, you know, it's home, and I don't want to leave it until I absolutely have to, and I am lucky to have a job that's not super affected by the snow level, um, so that makes it really nice, but, um, right. yeah, so I am kind of packed. <laughs> uh, what I did was I got rid of, like, three-fourths of my shit, <laughs> um, so I... I'm keeping some stuff here and then like I'm pretty much just gonna pack like clothing and stuff and like my gaming systems um because if I have like a place for storage like I wouldn't want to take everything with me so like I literally just have to pack a suitcase with my summer clothes which is not hard so nice yeah hell yeah sorry that was really a long-winded <laughs> way to answer your very short question <laughs> but uh yeah Neat. How's, uh, how's puppy doing? He's doing good. Um, he's like still the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has to be in his cone for at least two weeks. Right. So this is another part where letting you guys know that we are recording in advance. <laughs> right. We're time traveling. Yeah. Um, Cause it probably sounds like my dog has been healing from being neutered for months now, but <laughs> that's not the case. Correct. Um, so yeah, we have like six more days or so of him being in a fucking cone, which sucks, uh, because he just like rams into my legs. <laughs> so I'm just covered in bruises. Um, I, like, inspected a couple of them today, and they're literally, like, the shape, like, a curved line bruise. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's uh, so, yeah. But he's in good spirits and stuff. I don't think he is feeling sad about his balls or even knows that his balls are gone, so. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. good for him. Yeah could be different when he finally gets to, like, lick him or whatever he's going to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for right now, oblivious. <laughs> right. Just literally vibing. Yeah. Just That's bopping funny. around, fucking shit up with his cone. <laughs> nice. As it should be. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> cool. I don't have a fun segue for this. <laughs> either so, something about like fishing weather or something <laughs> yeah absolutely it's uh you know that's you know what that means it's time to switch out the ice fishing gear for some 
regular fishing gear (laughs) and also web fishing gear because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about fishing. Getting fished and vished. Uh Uh-huh. That's the one. So, yeah. Uh, Obviously, today's episode is about fishing and vishing and the various forms that they take place. Yeah. Everybody Um, knows about these ones. Yeah. Um, But just in case you don't, Fishing, from Wiki, is the fraudulent attempt to obtain sensitive information or data, such as usernames, passwords, and credit card details, or other sensitive details, by impersonating oneself as a trustworthy entity in a digital communication. Damn. It's like, so... That's spot on. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So phishing can take place like in your emails, which you're probably very familiar with. Um, but even back in the day of like instant messaging, like AOL and shit, that was people were fishing around then too. Um, people can also like text you, uh, call you, you know, pretty much just any kind of communication that's not face-to-face but even then (laughs) face-to-face right so yeah there are several types of phishing um there's bulk phishing where the scammers will cast out this wide net and just like try to get as many people to fall for the thing as they can which is what most of us are familiar with we get blanket scams sent to us Right, exactly. Like, why was I getting an email about senior citizen living? Probably because you were hanging out on the AARP website. Oh, that actually makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Could be. But maybe not, either. Who knows? Right. Um, And then there's spear phishing, which will target specific individuals or companies. Um, These will use, like, more personal information, especially if they're doing like a company thing, because they already know where they work and things like that. And um, usually things are available on company websites and such. So they'll have more personal information to really lock in their con game. Um, So watch out for that. (laughs) Uh, They can also um, bring in social engineering tactics, which we will talk more about in the last episode of this series. Um, yeah, which is exciting. I don't know. I think social engineering things like are fascinating to learn about um, and scary because I'm, I'm bad at talking to people. Um, right. Not that I'm gullible or will fall for things. I will just literally not talk to people. <laughs> um, so... Sometimes I'll learn about a cool social engineering thing, and I'm like, huh, I should try that out. I'm like, no, I'd rather just not ever make eye contact or talk to people. (laughs) I'm just not going to interact with anyone ever, actually. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, maybe. Maybe someday. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then there's a form of phishing called whaling, and this is when uh, (laughs) the scammers will target, like, a real high-profile person, uh, like... This could be the CEO or the president of a company or celebrities, like things that are, these people are fucking whales. Damn. <laughs> whales of a target. That's a whale of a target. <laughs> sorry, I can't. I, all I can think of is like, do you remember when iPhones were first released and people would make the whales? Yes. That's all I thought of when you said that. Oh, cute. It's so cute. (laughs) I never had an iPhone, so it never worked for me. Um, But people showed it to me, and it was so cute. Yeah. Fucking whale. Little (laughs) whale. I'm a big whale fan. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Uh, Catfishing, which we will also talk more about in the last episode. Um, But this is when... Someone is, like, usual using social... Oh, my God. What the fuck is my <laughs> tongue doing? <laughs> Catfishing is when someone uses, like, social engineering stuff to get super close to someone and get, like, the goods. They're pretending they either are someone they are not or that they are interested and not interested. All of the things. Yep. 
also and we super talked a exciting. A little bit about that with like romance scams, which is like kind of similar. Yeah. Um, and like ties in, but we'll talk about it in more depth. Uh, yeah, we of. have to talk about the TV show. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I have this. Yeah, you know me, reality TV. It's my weakness. I'm a dumb, dumb <laughs> bitch. It's true. Dude, everybody needs to have a thing that they zone out on and do yeah so yeah it's totally fine i play a weird amount of solitaire that's lit <laughs> my grandmother <laughs> plays a weird amount of solitaire it's fucking gross i'll like literally my evenings if i don't have anything planned um i just put on the golden girls and play solitaire that's, that's what i've been doing incredible. a lot of <laughs> That's so great. We're proving that we're both 90 years old. Yeah, I am not interesting as a person. (laughs) At least right now. (laughs) I did, however, text someone and tell them, my life is generally not this interesting shit, just weird shit has been happening recently. I, like, I knit. Like, that's what I do. And they're like, actually, knitting is cool and sexy. And I was like, (laughs) cool. That's great. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah, solitaire in Golden Girls is not. <laughs> Although know, Golden man. Girls I is kind of sexy, out. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Onward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as I mentioned in a previous episode, phishing comes from the form, in the form of an email with spoofed links, um, most commonly, and these emails often do the sense of urgency thing and the clink the clinks the links <laughs> that you click <laughs> the clinks um, yeah <laughs> that are provided for like say if someone spoofed the Amazon web or yeah email address and sent you an email and they were like someone is in your account change your password that link that they provide will be a spoofed link and it will actually send you somewhere you don't want to go. Um, these links will look real and they'll oftentimes they take you to a landing page that looks like the real thing. Um, but they're, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can hover over the link in an email and it'll show you what the URL is. And if it looks like a bunch of garbage or something that is very much not, an Amazon or whatever link, then don't click on it. Just go to your browser and check shit out from there. Right. Um, yeah. That will help you so much. Always. If something looks strange, like, like kind of like how we were talking about, like, getting, like, emails that say, oh, you need to go to this website, or phone calls that, oh, you need to call this number, or go to this website, like... Always call, like, the actual verified number. Always go to the actual verified website. Like, don't just believe something that you get in email because... Yeah, pretty much don't trash. trust your emails. Don't trust anything ever. Yeah. Just don't go online. <laughs> just log <laughs> off permanently. Yeah, Touch log crash, off. They say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, which sucks because emails used to be kind of cool and now everybody hates them. So, great. Uh, the scammers have been doing things to, um, keep in the, the phishing game, if you will. Um, one of the ways they do this is to avoid filters that people will have on their, like, Gmails or whatever. So, fishers have sometimes used images instead of a text. So, this makes it harder for anti-phishing filters to detect, um, the text, which is commonly used in phishing emails. So in response to this, there's been more sophisticated anti-phishing filters, which are able to recover hidden text in images using an optical character recognition, an OCR. Um, So it's like the fishers come up with a thing and then the non-fishers come up with something to counteract that. And it's just been volleying back and forth. It's almost like a cartoon (laughs) of the villain versus the not villain. Right. Some wily coyote ass shit. Yeah. It mm. really is. It's almost like a fish on a hook struggling <laughs> to get away from the fisher. 
and then the fisherman reeling it in, and then the fish getting away. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, another way to avoid anti-fishing techniques uh, is they will scan websites for fishing-related text uh, that fishers sometimes use. Um, they used to use Adobe Flash, um, known as <laughs> known as flashing. <laughs> But with, with a with a pH. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, so that's when the websites look pretty much like the real thing, and they'll have hidden text in the multimedia object. Um, so you know, like harking back to Neopets. <laughs> yes. It'll it'll look like the real thing, but the little button that you click to go inside the bookstore will be something else that steals all of your shit instead. Yeah, and that's not fun. <laughs> no, nobody likes that, except for the fishers. They're having a right. great time. They're having a good time, fishing it up. Yeah, just fucking Cash casting that line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's also covert redirect, which is link spoofing. Um, the technical name, I guess, is covert redirect. But nobody likes that. Everybody no. likes link spoofing. Yeah, just spoofing away. <laughs> just fucking out here spoofing. <laughs> It just sounds so dirty to me, like, in a small way, you know what I mean? It's like, ooh, spoofing. <laughs> it's fun. It's, it, I kind of feel like there should be, like, a powder puff involved. Yeah. Spo- yeah. Wait. Spoofing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Anyways, bringing it back. <laughs> right. Bring it up. <laughs> so, the covert redirect is a subtle method Uh, used to perform phishing attacks that make links appear legitimate. But actually, they're not, and they redirect the victim to an attacker's website. The flaw is usually masqueraded under a login pop-up based on the affected site's domain. It can affect a bunch of different parameters. Um, I'm not going to say them because I don't know what they are, and that probably means that you guys don't either. (laughs) Uh, But basically, anything that website parameters have, they can skip over that. Um, This often makes use of open redirect um, vulnerable in, like, third-party application websites. So users may also be redirected to phishing websites covertly through malicious browser extensions as well. Hmm. Uh, So, like, like malware and shit that gets into your specific browser and not even just on your computer. um, Right it'll just keep fucking shit up. So it's important to check your extensions. Yeah, damn. I actually didn't even, I've never even thought to do that. Oh, really? Dumb as fuck. Well, I just, like, I don't ever download browser extensions. No, 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 no. It's not even, like, you trying to. Like, sometimes you'll get uh, malware and it'll install an extension for you. Right, which I don't think about because I, like, I don't, like, I really don't use my computer that much. I'm definitely more of, like, a mobile phone person. The only time that I really use my computer is... Well, I mean, like, I've had a solid, like, consistent laptop now for a year. Exactly, almost. Because oh, that's when I got this guy. <clears throat> um, the gaming laptop. But, like, before that, like, I did most of my stuff either on my iPad or on my phone. Oh. Yeah. It's so weird to me. Not that... You are weird, because um, Noah's <laughs> the same way. Like, Noah doesn't really use his computer, and he does everything on his phone or his tablet. And it's just, like, to me, it's, you know, it's not my style. So I'm always, like, looking at him, like, why are you trying to do that shit on a phone? Like, you when have... you can do it uh, on a laptop. You have <laughs> a, a whole-ass computer over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, some people prefer that. But, yeah, check your extensions. <laughs> I'm going to do that literally after we're done recording this episode. <laughs> yeah, I have worked in the IT biz for several years, um, and one of the things that we do is, you know, scan people's computers for shit. Um, right. So I can recommend you some good shit to use. Hell yeah. Give me that good shit. Yeah. Malwarebytes is really good. Nice. The, the scanner. Do like that one. Nice. Okay. Uh, so normal phishing attempts can be easy to spot because of the malicious page, malicious pages URL will usually be different than the real site link, like I said. Um, so it's important to check that shit out. 
and really just don't click any links in your email. <laughs> right. Um, and I, backing up, I got all of this information um, from CSO Online, obviously the wiki, ftc.gov, and that's those are the ones that I used. Um, I think all the shit that I just said is from the wiki, in case anybody wants to go back and look at that. So now I'm going to tell you about some vishing stuff. Because I didn't even realize that, which is voice phishing. I didn't even realize that that was like part of the whole, I didn't know that the term vishing existed. <laughs> so I often get notifications from like my work that is like, um, be aware of phishing and vishing. And I just assumed that vishing was like another way to fish which i suppose it is technically yeah but I it never is. knew that it was about voice fishing yeah super weird the future is now it's all happening <laughs> so voice phishing or vishing is a form of uh criminal phone fraud using social engineering over the telephone system to gain access to private personal and financial information for the purpose of financial reward. So I, I just housed half a pizza, so I'm, like, trying not to burp into the microphone. I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking Topo Chico with Hell some yeah. fresh pear syrup that we made from pears across the highway. And, oh, my uh, God. I'm very burpy, though. <laughs> Topo Chico's very carbonated. It really is. Uh, so landline telephone services have traditionally been trustworthy, um, they were terminated in physical locations known as the telephone company and associated with a bill payer. Now, however, vishing fraudsters have used modern voiceover IP, which we talked about previously, um, right. such as caller ID spoofing and automated systems to make it difficult for legal authorities to monitor, trace, or block these malicious attacks. So voice phishing is... Uh, typically used to steal credit card numbers or other things um, in relation to identity theft schemes. Um, mm. Yeah, so they're like, I'm sure they do a bunch of other stuff with vishing, but it sounds like vishing is like real into fucking identity theft. Right. As a whole. <laughs> right. It's a lot, I feel like it probably is a lot easier. Like now, even like, I will literally get calls from people um like be it like my student loans or like my insurance or my dentist or like whatever and I will like be like nope I'm not gonna give you that information and I will call them back yeah I had I don't remember what they were saying they were calling from I th I don't remember it was several months ago um but they left me a couple of voicemails and I was like okay so they've left a couple of voicemails it's either real or they're really trying to fuck me so right. I called them back and I can't remember what they were saying they were a part of, but they were like, we need your social security number. And I was like, why do you need that? And they just hung up on me right away. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell you my social security number over the phone. No, never going to happen ever. You can ever. eat my whole ass. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Anyways, computer systems can create audio that sounds like a particular person, also known as a deep fake giving the impression that a trusted individual is making the request. <laughs> mm, yes. oh, deepfake stuff scares me. Yeah, it's not, I'm not into it, to be honest. I'm like, <laughs> no. kind of scared about everything all the time. I don't yeah, know. This is I'm like... really hoping for one of those crazy solar flares that just wipes out technology as we know it that should happen in our lifetime anyways. And then we yeah. always have to start over from the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's getting to the point where um, it's getting Jurassic Parky in the yeah. real world, where it's like we were so obsessed with finding out if we could could do it, we didn't we stop to think if we should, should do, it. do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So classic, cool, 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 cool. I know, <laughs> I love it. Uh, so vishing calls exploit the fact that you're more likely to trust a human voice and may target the elderly and the technophobic who are na naive and have no experience with these types of scams. Because, um, yeah, if you think about it, all of these things, like, if my grandma got one of these calls, like, 
Okay, my grandma, like, doesn't trust anybody either. But, you know, if someone's grandma got something, you know, and it sounded like a person that they knew and talked to, you'd probably trust the shit out of it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, here, like if if, I called and left you a voicemail asking for something. Oh, I need to set up a fucking something or other for, obviously, a fishing <laughs> call when you're like, I need you to set up a fucking blah 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 for whatever the fuck. Oh, I, need I need you to, to send me an Amazon gift website. card. Like, can yeah. you, you know. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Okay, so here's some uh, vishing statistics. Um, this is like, I'm reading off of something, so these are not my words. Um, I just want to say that these <laughs> notable numbers offer a sense of the state of vishing and why it can be a lucrative business for attackers. Uh, so vishing attacks have been on the rise over the last few years. Um, in 2018, for instance, scam calls represented nearly 30% of incoming mobile calls. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that this weird term is starting to be more widely recognized. <laughs> Proof points. <laughs> Proof points 2020 state of the fish report. <laughs> state of the fish. Oh my god. That's the state I want to live in. Yeah. Okay. So we can read that later. But they found that 25% of workers in their worldwide survey could correctly define the term hmm. of vishing. 75% of scam victims report that vishers already had some personal information about them, which they used to target them and get yet more information of people who report government imposter vishing scams to the FTC. Only 6% had actually lost money, but those who did lost quite a bit with the median loss being $960. Mm-hmm. Shit. I don't have $960 to lose, to be honest. <laughs> Dude, I can't lose any money right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally zero, zero dollars. I could lose for sure. Yeah, so just never talk to anyone ever again unless you're in the same room. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> just completely yeah. shut myself off from technology and never, ever, ever <laughs> use it again. As we're, like, recording not in the same room. <laughs> right, over the internet with voices. Oh um, my god, is it talking me? Talking about a tech podcast. <laughs> oh, so weird. Uh, so here are some common techniques they use the voice over IP services to automate some of the process. This also makes it harder for law enforcement to trace. They're always trying to get money, either by stealing banking information or convincing you to pay them. They can either cast a large net and call many, many people, or they can target specific and high value targets. War dialing is when they place hundreds or thousands of automated calls to just as many people. When doing this, it is common for them to be targeted. Uh, it is common for them to be targeting a specific area code or a local institution, something that connects the victims even minimally. Which makes sense because there, I will have like two or three months where I'm constantly getting spam calls, and then I'll have nothing, and then it'll happen again in like a year where I'm constantly getting spam calls and then nothing. Yeah, it, they definitely, like, it's it's a wide, I feel like all of the spam calls that we've kind of looked into, the, it's not something that's necessarily, um, it's not one group for one. Um, and the same phone and email lists that are being sold are available to everyone. Like, it's, yeah. with a phone list or an email list on the black market, it's not just, um, one company that can use it. I think that's probably why they're so valuable is because they can be sold to multiple proprietors trying to run different scams or trying to do different things because it's never going to lose value based on how many people you give it to. Right, exactly. Which is fucking shitty shit. Yeah. I hate it so (laughs) fucking much. Um, Because I don't go... I think I will go like day. Actually, I'm going to be honest. I haven't gotten a lot of spam calls recently, but I did finally join the do not call list, which doesn't necessarily mean anything because now we know that scam artists are doing this like in locations across the world, not just the country. So like, it's not necessarily going to be effective towards like, you know, international, um, 
enemies, but, right. um... It does cut down on the shit, yeah. though. It definitely, it definitely has, and so now when I get phone calls, generally they're important, <laughs> which is nice. nice. Yeah. Um, so here's some common examples of vishing scams. They do the telemarketing fraud. Uh, these types of scams honestly predate the vishing era, but have been adopted um, into the vishing because of all their different techniques that they use. So the visher will cold call you without really any background information on who you are and make an offer that's too good to be true. Like you've won some sort of lottery you never even entered or you're being offered that free vacation. Um, right. And then you can reduce the, in or you can reduce the interest on your credit card. Like things that don't really happen and it sounds too good, that's what they're offering. Right. Uh, so there's usually, there's an upfront cost to getting your quote-unquote free thing, and that's, you know, when they get the shit from you, and then you never get that vacation. So they'll be like, you know, with $50 down, the rest of the vacation's free. We just need your credit card For number. processing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I got a call about taking an all-expenses paid trip um week-long vacation to beautiful Provo Utah and I was like this is the dumbest fuck and I told him on the phone I was like you're so fucking stupid I'm so <laughs> mad that you would even suggest that I spend more than two hours in Provo Utah god damn that place is ugh absolutely not i was so mad i was are you serious not even like, a vacation location no no it's not a place you want to be it's like ugh. it's like not as pretty as down south not as pretty as up north it's like you know smack dab really in the center of fucking utah it's just gross it's not a place you want to be personally <laughs> but anyways i have a lot of feelings <laughs> i was so mad when i got that call but go on i apologize <laughs> Uh, they will also do government impersonations, which is very, very popular right now with COVID yeah. and tax season and all of that happening right. at once. Uh, a common scam involves insinuating that there's a problem um, blocking that's ended up blocking some of your like Medicare or Social Security benefits, and they're offering you a fix to the solution. And that's when they start coaxing you to hand over the personal information like your Social Security number or your bank account number. Uh, uh, they're fucked up. Yeah, it's oh super fucked up. Um, there's a more aggressive version where the fake IRS calls to investigate you, um, and they claim that you owe back ta taxes, and they start threatening you with fines or jail. Yeah. So the IRS fucked. IRS is never gonna call you ever. Nope. They will. It, they oh, well. They will leave uh, automated messages to contact them via letter. Yeah. That's it. And then there's uh, tech support fraud. Um, this is when the scammers can take advantage of, you know, the technologically naive and all of their worries about being hacked and all of this stuff and all of the malware and stuff. And they call and say, like, we have your shit, like a ransomware situation. Um, and yeah, and in some cases they even go as far as like getting control of the person's computer, you know, like the remote, remote let me remote in. And, um, and then they like will ransom your fucking shit be like, I'm not going to stop doing this until you give me your money and things like that. Jesus. Yeah. Hate it. <clears throat> um, Vishing attacks on bank accounts. Getting access to your bank information is the holy grail for the visher. And an attacker already has access to some of your personal data from another source. They can easily emulate some sort of legitimate call that would you would expect from their financial institution in a way that can even fool the most savvy among us. Panic Inc. founder Caleb Sacer told Krebs on security, some other website, a harrowing tale of a near successful vishing attack. The attacker managed to successfully spoof their phone number to match Wells Fargo's Sasser's bank account and claimed to be following up on some potentially fraudulent charges. Since the bank was offering to send a new ATM card, Sasser 
almost went as far as to enter a new pin into his phone before pulling back at it last minute. Had he done so, the Vishers would have been able to clone his card and use it freely. Jesus, that's wild. Right? Ugh. Um, so here are some things you can do to protect yourself against imposters. Um, be suspicious constantly of any call from a government agency asking for money or information. Government ag- agencies don't call you with threats or promises or demands for money. They don't do that. Scammers do that. Right. <clears throat> don't trust your caller ID. It can be faked, as we already learned. Never pay with a gift card or a wire transfer. Uh, check with the real agency. Look up the real number, call them, and talk to someone who you know is really at the company and find out why or if they are trying to reach you. That's all you can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just stay suspicious constantly. <sighs> oh my god. It's, it's not this a happy ending. Is so scary. <laughs> oh my god, don't do anything ever. Just hide in the woods forever. <laughs> yeah. If you're not making direct eye contact with the person you're talking to, <laughs> Do it could be a them. deep fake. <laughs> I don't even trust Adrian right now. We're talking yeah. We're not even on video chat. We right aren't, now. dude. We're so insecure right now. <laughs> it's true. Is this really you? It's a lot of research to do for a person that's trying to scam me, if that's the case. But True, true, true. Either way. Um, so, in the same vein, um, there is another in my opinion, even more nefarious because it's harder to detect oh my God. Yeah. version of phishing, um, which is called in-session phishing. Um, so in-session phishing, first of all, I got my um, information from the wiki from Ars Technica, a company called Corp Infotech, um, and a IT... That's not the fucking um, a tech support company called Affinity Tech Partners. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I got like a couple of pictures from like a random internet site, which we'll talk about in a second. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, in session phishing is something that came to promise, prominence in two thousand nine. Um, from the wiki, in session phishing is a form of potential phishing attack, which relies on one web browsing session being able to detect the presence of another session such as a visit to an online banking website on the same web browser and then launching a pop-up window that pretends to have been opened from the targeted session Uh, this pop-up window which the user now believes to be part of the targeted session is then used to steal the user data in the same way as other phishing attacks so while other phishing attacks like you're opening an email and you click a link and it takes you to a website which then like you know takes your shit Um, This is where you go to a website that you're trying to go to and then, you know, say you're logging into your bank, but you're also browsing Facebook and you don't have like a pop-up blocker installed or like any kind of antivirus software. Well, because of an exploitable uh, vulnerability in the JavaScript handling most of our major web browsers, um, (laughs) discovered by Emmett Klein, who is a CTO of security vendor Trustier, which was like a white hat hacking operation. It's like a tech security operation. Um, They found this vulnerability in JavaScripts for major web browsers that allowed phishing people to exploit this. So essentially what they would do (laughs) is you're opening your bank account, and you got a couple different web pages opening. You know, it's a busy day, you're doing some stuff. Um, And then you go back to open your bank account to like, you know, set up some instant bill pay, do whatever people do <laughs> right. uh, on their banking website, you know, order checks. <laughs> um, and you'll get a pop-up, which looks like it's the login information for your bank, but actually it's a phishing scam and you're entering your information directly into this pop-up that then relays that information to the fisher. I fucking hate it. <laughs> it's so terrifying to me. Um, yeah. So, um, an example from Affinity Tech Partners, um, 
The content of these messages is what makes them so effective. Often they present the unsuspecting website visitor with some kind of fraudulent warning, typically about the security of their computer, then either prompt the visitor to download some necessary tool to fix the problem, such as an antivirus application, which turns out to be malware itself, or to call a fraudulent phone number for quote-unquote support, which we talked about kind of in our first episode with um, the reply-all journey of (laughs) uh, calling tech support, but actually, like, it's, like, this whole call center of people just scamming people to pay hundreds of dollars for, you know, antivirus software that they don't need, and also they're stealing their information. Um... So recently, a user consulted us with, thankfully just in time, on what ended up being a pop-up phishing scam. While browsing the web on his MacBook Pro, this user encountered a pop-up message alerting him that there was a problem with his computer. Conveniently, the scammers behind the message provided a phone number for the user to call. Concerned, he did. The Apple support representative on the other end of the line prompted the user to establish a remote connection so that that representative could diagnose the issue. Sure enough, the scammer was able to show that user that his Apple Care had expired and that he needed him to renew it to the tune of $499. Jesus. So on top of... So this kind of, like, goes through pretty much everything that we've talked about in this episode. So, like, first off, he logs into his computer, you know, doing whatever. He gets a pop-up that says that he needs to call a number. So this is kind of, like, in-session phishing mixed with the vishing. Yeah. Um, And kind of like we talked about before, there is an actual product that is being told that they're being sold. Um, But what happens is, thankfully, this guy didn't do that. But the payment page that he went to that he was given by the support specialist was a fraud. And so any information with his credit card that he put or his Apple ID or any of that would have instantly been given to the Fisher. um, And they would have been able to use that then to you know, extort them for more money, clear out their accounts, you know. (laughs) Just digging the hole deeper. Yeah. So once again, as its name implies, in-session phishing requires that the victim first log into a secure website. Um, And that's the the problem of it is like these are pop-ups that you're going to see on legitimate websites and there's nothing that you can do to stop them. Yeah. Um, So while I was looking through pictures of kind of like what this looks like i was on a website um which like appeared to be like kind of a clickbaity joint like really not that great i probably shouldn't have you know (laughs) just been clicking onto random websites when i'm doing informational research about fishing but (laughs) the fun part is i went to the website to get this picture that i found on google images because the quality was low got into the website, and the first thing that happens is I got a, oops, looks like your Flash player is out of date (laughs) pop-up, which is obviously, if you are subscribed to our Patreon, which you should be, by the way, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast if you want to support us there. Um, The Flash player is dead. (laughs) Yeah. So there's no need for me to be updating my Flash player. Of course it's out of date because it's dead. (laughs) Um. So that's just, you know, one example. And, of course, um, there has been a lot of work. Like like I said, this came to prominence in 2009. So there has been a lot of work to, like, improve um, the JavaScript and the security of major web browsers. But one of the only ways that you can solidly defend yourself is just use common sense, first of all, always. But also install a pop-up blocker. Um, luckily, I think Chrome has Chrome and Firefox both have one built in. But you want to make sure that that's, like, enabled and that you're only giving, you know, control of that and authorization of what pop-ups you receive to trusted websites because this shit will get you even if you, you know, think that you're doing the correct thing. Yeah, they really sneak up on you. Yeah, and then just yank you out of the water (laughs) like you're attached to a line or something. (laughs) Yeah, for real. So yeah, there you go. So that's fishing and how to avoid being caught. Hey, <laughs> very nice. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> we got one in there. It's important. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and this stuff is like it's only getting worse because yeah. people are getting more and more desperate as the world turns more and more to shit. 
Unfortunately, we live in a techno hellscape. <laughs> yeah, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe a little bit uh, deep for this episode. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, it's not. We get into some pretty deep subjects. I feel like. We yeah, we do. We do. Stuff. You know, it's important mm. to talk about. It Everybody is. should go read Snow Crash because it's my favorite <laughs> uh, techno dystopia book, um, and it's super fun. Yeah, yeah. My copy is right over there. You Aww. can't see anything, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I, I walked up to. I was taking some trash out yesterday because I'm like still cleaning out my old apartment, and some guy was like, "Hi, Tally," and he was wearing sunglasses and a face mask and a hat. So like. I, on top of that, I wasn't wearing my glasses. I was like, hi, random white man who I don't know. <laughs> I don't, what did you expect me to do with all of your stuff on your face? Yeah. Like, I don't know who you are. Who are you? And That's he's like, so oh, weird. and like took his like sunglasses off. And I was like, oh, hey, Mike. Like, how's it going? <laughs> uh, it's so weird how eyes are very recognizable. Yeah. I There are people that like... I've been snowboarding with them for so long that, like, I know what they look like in gear, and so I will recognize them, um, just based on, like, their helmet goggle setup or, like, how they, like, move. Right. Um, but (laughs) if I don't know you that well, and, like, you've just got your entire pretty much face covered, then I'm, you're not doing me anything. Yeah. my dude. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, well... Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, the series has been uh, really upsetting, actually, in a lot of ways, but also <laughs> yeah. really fun to do research about because, like, the technology and like the how of all how all of this is happening is absolutely fascinating. Um, if you want more of our content, we have our website, bitesizepodcast.com, which has links to all of our social media. It also has information if you like us, if you like our content, if you want to support us and uh, help us create better content for y'all. Um, definitely check out our Patreon. Like I said, we do fun uh, little mini episodes about different kinds of things going on in the tech world, as well as a monthly indie game review. Um, so that's super fun. And that information is also on our website, bitesizepodcasts.com, or you can go to patreon.com slash bitesizepodcast. As always, a huge shout out to our existing Patreons, Daniel J, Justin J, uh, Beert, and Michael I, for helping us do what we do. Without you, we would not be where we are. Um, also a huge shout out to so and so that's uh soundcloud.com slash so and so us who did our lovely opening theme and uh yeah yeah thanks thanks for being here thanks for being you yeah (laughs) (laughs) hope you're hope you're learning and uh keeping yourself safe uh on the wild internet yeah absolutely all the more reason to just shut yourself in and listen to more podcasts am i right (laughs) yeah yeah. World's a scary place. Listen, listen to bite size. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> there you go. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.